0: Welcome back to Post 25 Live. We are back for another episode in season two. We're back with our original co host It's been a fun two weeks with two uh, new co-hosts, but we're back to our originals, bringing you the classics. If you have never listened to our podcast before, I'm Sophia. I'm author of the Post Twenty Five Life blog, and this is our podcast for all of us who are still struggling to recover from a quarter life crisis. I've got two co-hosts. The first one is Vastu, and what do you do? I work. Uh, wait, what? I don't know. You gotta give yourself an introduction. I don't know who you like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I work. Uh, what? Hey, no, this is not, not
0: okay. okay. All right, fine, Greg. Uh, uh. whoops <laughs> <laughs> well they already know he's great all right and then we're gonna do our intro question so say what's your favorite or er, dream car let's start with let's start with Greg. all
2: right so this is a tough question because i have a couple all
0: right break it down
2: first uh actually i would like to do first would be a mercedes the amg gt
0: uh, so. i know exactly what that is
1: a-M-G-T-T.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. X-249. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. one, two, three, four, five. What you going to nah. say? <laughs> it ain't that complicated, really.
1: No, no. Yeah. What's the next one, Brad? Yeah. yeah,
2: we don't know what you have. Porsche Cayman uh, GTS.
1: Oh, that's the, uh, like, a long-looking one. It's like a long, no.
2: That's the 911. Oh. With the long end oh, yeah. yeah, tail. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the I 911. Don't know. No clue. I don't, I'm not a car person. That. Oh. Yeah. And then the last one, because this is a new recent discovery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Go the Model to? S. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh,
0: say that again. Huh? Say it again. What'd you say? uh GT. No, the last one. Oh, uh, Model S. What's that?
1: Tesla. Oh, okay, Tesla. Got Tesla. You gotta say Tesla first. I don't know all these things. Vasi, right now, because I don't really have a dream car, but right now I'm on that Tesla life. Yeah, yeah. I'm liking the Model X. I would prefer the Model X song, the Falcon Doors. Uh, I'm not really about that Falcon Door life. But they look cool. I, I will say that. But I'm Model X right now. And usually I like BMWs. But I don't have a specific BMW like this guy here. Yeah. <laughs> and for me,
0: back to the host of the show. <laughs> I don't have
1: a favorite. Dang, guys. <laughs> Why you got to add you to the host of the show? I don't know. You
0: this you what? You you all, you all, listen, you all said your names and I didn't get to. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's oh, okay. <laughs> true. So I don't really have a favorite car because I'm not a car person at all. Like I barely remember what makeup model of the car I drive now. And really my next choice of a car has to do with two things. One, the interior has to be nice. I don't really care about the outside because I don't see that on the regular regular. (laughs) I care about the inside. And then number two, it has to save me money on gas because everybody knows everybody's buying up all these oil places in Africa and all that place and the US is not on that game. So those oil prices are going to go up. So I would say my favorite right now car would be the Tesla as well. The one with the big screen without those doors, like the normal normal everyday car, but a Tesla. So whatever is closest. With
1: the to big it. screen or without the big screen? With the, the big three. old
0: screen. Okay.
1: So Model you're three. You talking about S two? Yeah, you talking about the S, man? Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the X. You got to other me a, a three. It's a crossover. Is it the little screen?
2: No, the little screen is the three. The three.
1: The more uh, (laughs) affordable version of the Tesla. Yes. Okay. It just doesn't have a giant screen. Yeah, I want the big one. Yeah, yeah. The big screen is the best. The big screen. (laughs) I I, I said, the interior is what matters to me, you know? It's
2: fine.
0: I really, I don't take care of my cars outside and people are like, are you going to wash your car? I'm like, why? It's raining. Then you should get a janky car. I know, that's what I'm saying. If I were to pick a dream car, that would be it. But I don't really care what car I drive. Oh, that's why okay. I drive okay. a janky car.
2: Just give her a jalopy, you know what I'm saying? Just...
0: What the heck is that?
2: <laughs> it's just a really old car made.
0: It sounds of... like an ice cream flavor. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
2: that's what I was thinking. <laughs> a, a really old car I made back in the day. Oh, okay.
0: Well, let's not go all the way old. I need to depend on this car. Anyways, (laughs) let's go into our topic we're going to talk about today. So, over the weekend, I watched the documentary about the fire Festival, and then I suckered my siblings into watching it yesterday as well with me, and there is so much that happened in this documentary. If you haven't heard about it, uh, anybody want to give a brief synopsis of, like, what, as far as, like, current events, what is the documentary kind of talking about? We should first preface and say that it's the
1: Netflix. Yes. Because we did not watch the Hulu one.
0: We did watch the Hulu one. It's the Netflix version of the Fire Festival, whatever.
1: Whatever it's it's called. I think it's called just Fire. Yeah. So, essentially, it's this guy, Billy, who... Billy and Ja Rule, I guess, decided to come up with an app. It's essentially described as the Uber of booking talent. So you can book talent within an app on your phone. For whatever day. So, to promote said app coming up, they decided to host a very fancy party on a beach. And to promote the party, they came out with a advertising, which was a bunch of models. Like a campaign. Yeah, Yeah. on the beach, you know, the the, the (laughs) social media campaign. And essentially provided tickets to this sort of experience music festival they were advertising but didn't i guess fulfill on the experience part essentially that's very bones very
0: bones like bare bones Mm. type thing if you haven't seen it i would recommend finishing oh actually maybe not finishing this podcast because we're going to give spoilers so spoiler alert Spoilers. spoilers if you haven't watched at least the netflix version go ahead and watch that it is fascinating but then also it makes you angry at all the people who do not have common sense or just blindly follow leaders. So one thing that I noticed that they talked about a lot in the show, um, and one thing that was kind of like praised in the show, was the hustle mentality. The workers who worked for Ja Rule, Billy, Grant, that whole like upper echelon of people, ended up just making things happen. What were some of the things that you guys like, watching the movie that you admired about it? Um, If there were any, and what are some of the things that you were just like, how come no one said anything about this?
2: Well, for one, I already thought about this one because I read uh, some. I read some articles about it. So, <clears throat> uh, one thing I do admire about it, though, is like it really shows the power of social media. Yep. Really. Oh, yeah. Like Damn. that's one thing. The, the beginning, you know, how they're talking about the tile hired a bunch mm-hmm. of models to you know take the picture and say fire festival, all that, like. I will say, I
1: mean, it turned into a, a mess, but yeah. their social media campaign mm-hmm. in the beginning was spot on. It was yeah. clean. They essentially invited a whole bunch of models, like upper echelon models, to the Bahamas, at, to this island, and essentially had them hang out and took pictures and videos. So it seemed very natural, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's really cool. I think what was genius was they knew exactly what market they were
0: targeting. Right. Yeah. Because like we were saying, we didn't when it was happening, we didn't know about
1: the Fire Festival. No, I had no idea that was even an event. No. Like not said, until we people started <laughs> reacting after the fact. Exactly. Like we
0: like I, I don't follow Kylie Jenner or any of these models that they yeah. posted on there. I'm not the eighteen to whatever year old person that's gonna follow them, nor am I the person that spends ten grand on a trip. Yeah. Cheapest.
2: That's the cheapest. Too. The
0: cheapest tent. And really? I'm not an influencer either. Like, right, right. don't really plan to be, you know, all that stuff. So they, their marketing was spot on. Yeah. They really got exactly who they wanted. Um, they got the exact crowd they were aiming to get at. And then it created the huge bug, buzz among that specific group of people. Mm-hmm. For the rest of us, we was like, when did this happen? I right. was just. It's Tuesday to me, but y'all was all s- s- crying yeah, over right. some fire festival. What? So in that, I feel like the movie was, or the documentary was run, broken into almost three parts. There was one, which was the, kind of the build-up phase, which is like, kind of, I guess you could describe it as the like, the idea or the spark. Then there was the middle portion of the documentary where they went into... You know, it was Lightning. almost like the rise and fall. Uh, so that was like the main. And then the end of the documentary aftermath. was the aftermath. Yeah. So talking about like the, the beginning of the, the documentary, is there anything that you, in that like, that uh, dynamic amongst the uh, upper people there and Billy, is there anything that she, that stuck out to you as far as like the events or the movie or that was
2: significant to know for the end of the movie as well? what's scary to me is the is that like just a little bit of energy and charisma can like turn anybody to an idea mm. or get them on your side to support you on anything no mm. matter what it is yeah even after logic even after logic hits their head yeah still as long as like you can keep that going as long as you have that kind of yeah. personality
0: that was crazy too that literally I think this is one thing that stuck out to me at the beginning that was almost like a precursor to Billy's downfall at the end of the documentary. Is that at the beginning, there was this um, pilot who learned to fly off Microsoft, whatever you call that Flight thing, a simulator.
2: A simulator,
0: simulator. six yeah. months earlier. I'm sorry, I am not getting on that plane. Y'all, you guys be playing with death right here. <laughs> you be easy. trying it. No, I'm not getting on that plane. Anyways. So that guy suggests bringing in a cruise ship to help deal with a lot of the logistics as far as waste, water, arrangements for sleeping, and things like that. And because he pushed back against Billy's dream on his hustle, he was basically asked to not be a part of the group. I felt like that is a huge, and just for anyone, that was the biggest precursor when he started to not heed people's advice at all. And just basically
1: sacrifice all logic for this vision. Yeah, the vision was definitely number one for him. And I think it it definitely bit him in the butt. I mean, but on top of that, they started with a vision, did not even figure out how it would work logistically, but then went into advertising for said vision before even seeing if this could actually happen for real. They didn't do any research. You know what that reminds me
0: of? You know how people say, "Don't tell people what you plan to do," because as soon as you say it out loud to someone, your brain thinks you've already done it. That's basically what happened. And so, basically, psychologists say when you're aiming to get to a goal, like don't go out and tell everybody about it, because when you start telling everyone, you actually have the chemical reaction of sense of accomplishment. As soon as you told people and you have a less likelihood of actually getting the thing done.
2: That's interesting.
0: That's what I feel like happened. I've heard,
2: yeah, I've heard the same thing.
0: They just hype it up Mm -hmm. and they have a sense of accomplishment from getting someone's reaction in front of their face and saying, oh, that's cool. That's a great idea. This is great. Hyping people up. But they haven't actually put in the work to get it done.
1: I would say during their uh, their first media shoot is where you get that sort of vibe of everybody was su- in such a good feeling, like, wow, this is if we can ex- scale what we're doing for this weekend with these models and having a good time and drinking and whatever, whatever, and we can scale that for the greater crowd, everybody's going to love it. And yeah. essentially, they were sort of drunk on their own idea and their own mm-hmm. vision yeah, during it's true. their... Literally. It's true. Literally. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> like... And then it, it, it just, and it, it turned into a huge snowball from there. I think, I, as I was explaining this before they watched it, I had, like, story upon story upon twist upon twist that I kept going, oh, and this happened. Oh, and this happened. And I can't believe this happened. What was the, what was the most shocking thing for about, about the whole movie? So even moving into, like, the actual rise and fall section of the movie, what was the most shocking part for you guys?
2: Andy. The old guy who knew him the most.
0: Well, you gotta let them know what you're talking about.
2: So Andy is a he's a seasoned before so he's, he's an event planner. He's the, a an a seasoned event planner. Apparently, he's been doing it for thirty years plus. Yeah. He was doing it for thirty years plus. Like like uh, Sophia said, she felt that because he knew the guy who was trying to pull it off, Billy, who was the guy who was trying to pull it off. Billy knew Andy for a long period of time, almost to the point where they had a really close bond, and Andy had a soft spot for Billy. And even though things started to go really wrong, he still kept on going with it. You know, being... For 30 years, he's already been through some ups and downs. He knows. Like, there's, you don't go through 30 years or something mm-hmm. and then, you know, not know how, to, how things work.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? And yes. to the point, like, j- it was just him. Like, what he did and what he yeah. let slide because of his close relationship with him.
1: I don't even know if you could say let slide because it's not like he was in control. It's not like... I think he just wasn't... Maybe he wasn't forceful. I don't know. We weren't... At the end of the day, we weren't in those conversations. We weren't Mm -hmm. in those, those rooms when that happened. But it seemed as though that even if he did voice his opinion, he sort of looked to Billy who was the leader and for what his decision was and just went along with Billy's decision. Even if it was a dumb decision. And even to the
0: point of like going and doing things or almost doing things that are like questionable, if you... Yeah, we were all shocked. There's a point in the movie where he admits to
1: almost... um, Compromising himself. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. his sort of integrity as a As a As a person
0: and professional. Yeah. And just for this festival that he knew, and you could see the writing is on the wall, it's going to fail. It just makes you wonder. So, like, there are so many times in life, and let's bring this down to, like, maybe a smaller scale. I always wonder, like... On this side, it's very easy to have common sense and to, to think, see it from this side. But Vasti made a good point when we were watching it. I mean, Hitler was a very charismatic guy. Oh, yeah. And he was yeah, able he to get that. so many people on his side. Like, have you guys ever witnessed somebody like that in your own lives where... Oh, yeah. And no
1: matter what they do, people keep, like, oh, following yeah. them mm-hmm. for some reason? Yeah. There are definitely a lot of charismatic people in the world um, who just have a way of drawing people to them and to their energy and whatnot. Yeah, they, I mean, I, I, have, I don't know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's tough to say. Because some people, some people, they have good intent, and then some people, may whether they know it or not, sometimes they don't realize it, but they're like, they, you know, they steer people in not the best direction based on, you know, whatever their objective is when, it, when they're, you know, yeah. gather people for some type of goal. So it's just, it's different with every situation. But this one, this this one specifically was like, he's, (laughs) it was a negative impact where he just drew everybody, like tons of people, Mm -hmm. many of lies in such a negative direction because of that. I
0: think what got me the most, more than like the people being bamboozled, was the employees that got screwed over. By
1: everything that he did. Are you talking about the workers yeah. at the at, in the Bahamas? More... Or even more just, even like, like, like... The audio people. The media company. Yes. The, the company.
0: Th- the company that was in New York. The... So, like, that... The conversation that they had over Skype, where Billy tells them that they're not gonna fire them, but they're no longer gonna give them a payroll. And so... they say that you guys are not going to be employees for a while. And so the one of the girls responds and says, so basically, you're telling us you're not going to fire us so we can file for unemployment, but you're not going to pay us. So that's going to force us to quit anyways. And all he said was, I'm not aware of unemployment benefits. I am sorry. If you are have been doing business for any number of years, if you live in the United States of America, I was like. 16 when I learned about unemployment and what that means and like how that works there is no way that you can run a successful business and not know what unemployment is because I mean first of all that's where your taxes are going to and then I felt like that was so shady like I feel like for a lot of companies what makes a difference is how you treat your employees both leaving and the ones that are currently in and that
2: spoke volumes to me. And the top, the top people were all acting the same way too, so, you had nobody, as an employee, you had nobody up there being like, wait a minute, let's like, there's no different perspective, they're all just like, yeah, let's just, let's just go, like.
1: Well, I think, at least speaking or listening to the interviews of a lot of people who were helping him in this process, so the person in charge of putting a festival together, the person in charge of catering or dealing with food and uh, dealing with sort of the villas and where people would stay, they all seemed to think for a, a long time that they were going to pull it off at the last second, mm. which I, I feel like was, a, was across the entire board. Granted, there were definitely a lot of people who were like, guys, we're not even there yet. Let's take this opportunity and send out a cancel and a sorry and whatnot or say... Let's lower the expectation of what you're going to receive in this weekend. But I think overall, most people thought, you know what? Maybe we can make it by the time. Oh my goodness. Mm. I'm just saying that.
0: About-
1: it's, it's, it's
0: literally a hot mess. It's literally a hot mess. And I'm trying to think of like good things to pull out from the movie. More than just,
1: you screwed up. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely a movie about everybody who screwed up like literally top to bottom as far as leaders i want to say you know the people who are working in the bahamas they probably have nothing to do with it but as far as leaders who are making major decisions on how it goes across the board the Mm -hmm. mistakes bro Mm -hmm. so what do you think that
0: like as far as like social responsibility for, from Instagrammers to leaders to all of that, did this documentary change your opinions at all or reinforce opinions?
1: I think even though, say if I was the owner of a company and I'm in a situation like that where this person is holding my money, essentially I don't get payment until I pr- finish providing my service, but I can see that this is about a crash and bo- burn, I think I would try and give up the money and just get out Mm. because I think something like that happening in the, the companies involved, it can really ruin what you've built. Mm. And uh, for me, that's not worth it just because someone's holding, withholding a paycheck. Mm. If it, if if it brings down the whole castle, who cares about the paycheck?
2: Yeah. He used the money as a manipulating point as, as you guys remember. So that in itself was like, I think the only people that were like, getting paid were the media guys because those those guys were actually doing the shoots and stuff they were getting paid before people started not getting paid so
1: you're talking about the initial shoot the initial
2: shoots the initial advertising yeah the initial stuff they put together yeah yeah, for the instagram page see which is why which is probably why they thought everything was fine they're like oh we're doing our stuff everything seems like it's going right but then behind it the labor workers weren't getting paid the People they hired when getting paid.
1: Yeah, from my knowledge, no one got their full check. Some people got part of it, some people got zero of it, but no one got a full check. Okay, so here's my question though. At what point if you are like an independent consultant
0: or a contracted um, agency or employee and you see that someone else is maybe maybe not to you. So like say Jerry Media got their first check but you see like little cracks in the in the infrastructure of what they're doing at what point do you interfere for someone that's not you you know what i mean like at what point do they raise a red flag to the other companies that they're working with and say hey like this is what i'm noticing just make sure like is there a responsibility that they have as
1: workers basically as human beings to alert other people of Things like this? Mm-hmm. You're talking about one company alerting another company of their experiences?
0: Yeah. So, like, say, for example, Jerry Media saw a couple of things that were happening and they were unsure about it. Are they socially responsible to tell the lighting crew and production crew um, that was contracted as well? Or is that something that they can hold just for themselves and just be like, good luck, everybody else?
2: It depends how they feel about it. Because if they feel that there's enough people around them, then they won't initially take, they'll like, you know, dive, you know, disperse the responsibility over everybody else, subconsciously saying, oh, well, these people will probably say something about it, or maybe these people will say something about it. If they feel that, they're, if they're in that kind of environment where they feel somebody else might take over and should do something about it, they probably won't.
0: But what do you think is right, though?
2: I think what I would get a second opinion. If it was me, I'd get a second opinion. If it really did confirm my fears and my worries, then I'd be like, all right, we got to say something.
1: I don't know if I would take the time to inform other companies who were working in this project that I was bowing out for said reasons. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's my responsibility to do so. I would voice my opinions in the beginning, say why I'm deciding to leave and what is worrisome for me. But I don't think I would go out of my way to contact the other companies who are doing their departments of stuff to be like, this is what I'm seeing, this is going to fail. Because you, it's not everything is like this. This is a giant crash and burn. But there are a ton of companies that have gone to the edge of bankruptcy, but then still found a way to get it done. So, But do you think that should be the responsibility? Like, If you see something that's crashing
0: and burn, do you think that? As in society, looking out for someone else, even if they are your competition or competitor or, you know, do you think that
1: should be the way that it goes? In business, no. Mm -hmm. Not in in business. Why not? Because, I don't know, business is business. But if you want to personally, like, just take a step out, like, what I'm trying to say is, I'm not going to show up as the CEO of my company and say, because... Like, as a... Like, put my company name right above my... Hey, I'm warning you. I'd probably go to them outside. Okay, yeah. As a personal... As a person... As me, myself, I may. Mm -hmm. It depends on how bad I see the situation going. Yeah. If it's as bad as this, we're literally... For... I mean... If it's as bad as this situation, I would probably say something. But not as my company. I would say it as myself. I can see that. I can see that. Because
0: for some reason... Like, I know that business is business. And at the end of the day, there's like a bottom line that everybody has for their companies, right? However, I am hesitant to say that everyone should be kind of every man for themselves in business. Like, if you see the Titanic sinking and don't tell someone else, who you know would appreciate the advice. They can do whatever they want to. They can choose to stay on the boat the boat or choose to get off and seek a, like a lifeboat. But if you see it sinking and don't tell someone, I feel like that's wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am not sure if I agree completely. Like I said, I would separate myself from the company because I don't know. It's really not it's a it's a it's a personal moral thing. It's not necessarily a business thing if that makes sense yeah I know that's what, that's basically what I'm saying is that you kind of
0: have to put business outside and of course I think I would do what you do and not put necessarily a business name in front of it but like if I'm best friends or not best friends but co something or others what you call them <laughs> Like you work with people you're in like this uh, partnership just in a, you know in a circle of people that you meet oh, with okay. and all that stuff mm-hmm. like acquaintances but business acquaintances mm-hmm. and I know that X Y Z company has a something 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 going on. I would give them a heads up. Just be like, hey, heads up. I was gonna go into this, but I'm not going to. You know, do with that what you will. And if I miss out on something that I choose to um, duck out from, that's on me. But if I don't tell someone who I know that I do business with, and I don't tell them anything, and they they tank, I can I can I can
2: do that. Yeah, that's the deal with, um, when it comes to real estate, even if let's, so let's say I'm working with somebody, but somebody within their company, like they're, they're, they're at one side of transaction. I'm at one side of transaction, but you know, on the other side, they hire another realtor on their side that is doing kind of shady stuff. I want to, I want to be like, mm, I don't want to be part of this because this is going to mess up because then all somebody has to do is report some to some higher authority and they got you mm-hmm. Right. But if it was me, if I saw that, knowing that, like, yo, he could be in trouble because what I would want to do is at least keep the bonds or the business
0: relationship. relationships.
2: exactly. So if it was up to me, if I could have done something about keeping this relationship, you know, strong and, you know, keeping that bridge open. But now I didn't say anything because now this guy does something shady. He gets caught. And now the the, the guy who hired him is now responsible. And I had at least could have said a word, mm-hmm. even if he chose. I, would, I don't know I want to do that. Yeah. I would I would at least let him know, yo da 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 da. You already know. Maybe okay. remind him of the laws when it comes to Freck, which is, you know, business police.
0: Yeah.
2: And then be like, yo, <laughs> yo. This guy's kind of just will keep an eye out.
0: Yeah, I feel like this documentary always also kind of uh, shows or kind of wrestles with the idea of following a vision versus trusting your intuition a lot of the um employees would say something along those lines of externally this was a great vision and if we pulled it off i would be legendary but internally i knew that this was not going to be good
1: Mm -hmm. see i don't even know if that's true because a lot of them the people interviewed stated to billy or to whomever like I don't think this is going to work. That one guy, I forget what he... Uh, the festival um, consultant? Yeah, the festival yeah. consultant multiple times, multiple interviews, I mean, emails, and then um, I believe he even said it verbally, like, Oh, the guy guys. with the scarf? Uh, no, no, the guy. It's the um, skinny guy with the tattoos and stuff.
2: Oh, okay. That had a longer yeah. beard? No. I, no. Uh,
1: yeah, he did have a beard, but it wasn't very long. But he, multiple times brought up a lot of concerns and brought up canceling the event quite often but was ignored so i'm not i'm not really sure that people didn't say that they should either change the scope of the event or cancel it altogether i'm not sure why that guy specifically i don't even know why he continued to stay that's what i wonder because he actually he actually is the one who said that in the in the movie he said
0: externally he was like, but if they pull this off, this is going to be legendary. But internally, he ignored his wisdom for yeah. the vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's like, and I I know it's very altruistic of me at this point that I've not been under the same pressure or stress and I don't have like a successful whatever, whatever, or a career mm. or whatnot um, at that point. But in, I would hope that if I were in that situation, I would be able to walk away because internally I know, regardless of whether this gets pulled off or not, the way that they went about it was wrong and that they, they didn't even know all the stuff Billy was doing on the background that was illegal they just knew what they saw in front of them and what they saw in front of them was enough to say
2: i'm out yeah cuz he kept a, he kept a lot of that like he's like that one dude said he knew how to keep certain information at a certain level da, 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 da.
1: yeah he kept his illegal stuff pretty close to his chest but I don't know. It's it's definitely a difficult situation to be in, especially since we're talking about it post, post exactly. the whole thing. Yeah, we, we know what time. happened. Yes. Yeah, say if they actually this all happened and it, they actually pulled off the event, it'd be a different story. We would know none of this information. Yeah, mm. so it's hard to say. Yeah, true. It's crazy though, but it's it's interesting to just witness the
0: hustle. I I gotta say I do respect the hustle, um, although I don't. Respect the man who hustles and I don't at least in this movie or this documentary. I'm not I, I don't respect Billy really um, I do respect his ability though to be a salesperson and to figure things out, but I think His moral compass A uh, Hustle without a moral compass is is worthless But that does remind me and we were talking about this too when we were kids We used to be the hustlers
1: well, I'm not even sure. Were we hustlers when we were kids? We I know that? I was. We had. Well, okay, what do you mean by hustling then? What's your definition of it? Well, there's two things. One, taking advantage of people because you yeah. want them. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh, uh huh. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And then two, actually just being smart about your money and like planning in a way that people wouldn't necessarily expect you to.
1: Right. Yeah, so yeah, you definitely got that social game down when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> I see that. I see that social game. (laughs) Okay. So when I was a kid,
0: my dad tells this story all the time. There was one point in time where we all had dinner and whatnot. My dad was hungry and my mom told my dad, oh, do you want something to eat? She's like, he's like, yeah. She's like, okay, put the kids to bed. I'll order you Chinese and you can eat it by yourself so the kids don't eat your food. And so that's what happens. My dad puts us all to bed. My mom orders some Chinese. He goes into the kitchen and opens his Chinese and starts to eat. Lo and behold, I walk down the stairs with groggy eyes going, daddy, daddy. He's like, what you want, Sophia? He's like, and I go, aren't you sad eating by yourself?
1: Oh Dang. And my dad goes, why? What? You guys ate without it, yeah. or without me before. You used had your own dinner. He's like, you had dinner. You didn't
0: think about me at the time when you were having dinner. As a, as, and so apparently the story goes. I go, yeah, okay. Now I should eat with you now to make you feel better or something like <laughs> yeah. that. So I, you know, went and he gave me some of his Chinese food or whatever. That is kind of the spirit of my childhood, to be honest. Yeah, yeah basically, <laughs> basically and some of my adulthood, to be honest.
2: Yeah.
0: If there's ever five dollars on the counter, you know I'm gonna get it. <laughs> yeah yesterday
1: oh gosh!
2: <laughs> what? what happened yesterday
1: what you mean it's just a simple example Somebody's like hey somebody get me some water and I was like girl get yourself your own water so later on she grabs her water and grabs three waters for herself and doesn't share but you okay I asked you guys if you could get me water and you didn't do it so then you go up and get water for nobody else yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Even if we got water, we would have got it for everybody. And then you no, gonna get no, water, we, water we, I thought you would have at least not, got it for everybody. This is what don't, made it bad. Don't act
1: like you're like that. This is what made it bad. Don't she got like three that. waters and there were three people. You what assume? You assume? <laughs> you assume? I mean, come on. Uh, I drink water like it's my day job. Do you not see all these water bottles right Yo, here? Yo, we drink but water too. What you trying to say about us, huh? What I'm trying to
0: say is y'all rejected me. Okay, <laughs> and then I went and did it on myself, and then all of a sudden everybody wants to be on my boat. Anyway, so that's not what I brought this topic up all for. All right, yeah, yes. I brought this up because when we were kids, we actually came up with a cool
1: system. When I was in like third, fourth grade, fifth grade, I want to say yeah, I was probably seventh grade. I want to say maybe even sixth grade, because mm. I don't even think I was that old. No, I we weren't that old. I, we're, I was we're not we still in middle school. I was school? definitely still in elementary
0: school. What happened was is there was one Christmas where we all got a lot of cash instead of gifts. Now, growing up, we celebrated Christmas like halfway through our childhood because our parents were in a very conservative Christian church and community. And so it wasn't until we were probably like third grade, fourth grade, maybe that we had a tree with gifts and stuff like that. Yeah, but
1: let's let's be real about gifts, though. Gifts were one thing for each person. Mm-hmm. But then also, I think we only did gifts for maybe two, two or three years. Christmases. Yeah. That's, yeah, it. that's it. It wasn't a big deal. We grew up with Christmas is Jesus' birthday. Uh-huh. You don't get no gifts mm-hmm. on Jesus' birthday. Praise the Lord. Pray. You Praise better pray. the Lord. <laughs> uh, so, I only remember one christmas where we actually had a tree extended family over and we were mm-hmm. actually exchanging gifts yeah i mean too. And i don't remember much wow. after that as far as gifts for christmas The next
0: year we did get gifts but it wasn't the same and i think that was yeah. the year that we got a lot of money
1: yeah and then on top of that we don't ask for what we want for gifts no we, just we accept don't accept what you people just give guess us. yeah
0: all of a sudden i'm in seventh grade someone an aunt gave me a madeline doll
1: what am I doing I with a Madeline doll when that I'm got
0: 13 so years old? Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> so mad. I mean,
2: you
0: just I... give me the money for the
2: Madeline doll. Oh, yeah. We all come up. so We all smartened up so quickly. Like, nah, cash. Yeah. Cash.
0: So anyways, this Christmas was one of the first ones that we all got a lot of
1: money. And... W- be clear about what a lot of money means. Twenty bucks. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Because <laughs> you know, a lot of money now is a little different yeah. than a lot of money we back We then.
0: were kids, so twenty bucks was a lot, especially since our parents gypped us and only paid us two dollars for an A and one dollar for a B. They really they really ran ran away with that kind of stuff. You know? But anyways <laughs> right. that was too much. So I don't know whose idea it was. It must have been me and Vasi talking about it and then we added the boys in but we realized if we put our money together and kept putting in money to a collective pot, we could buy a Game Boy together. So my sister made a register, and we all,
1: each month, or each month, right? Just whenever you wanted. It was basically like a bank. You just come up to me. Deposit. You deposit your money. I keep tracking a nice little notebook of who's deposited as a what right? and how much. And then it really didn't matter, like, even if you put more than someone else or whatever. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day... We would we were gonna buy four Game Boy Advance SPs. Everybody mm-hmm. get their own color, but then we would share the, the games. games collectively. Yep, and we did
0: so well. So think about it this way: we all had twenty bucks, so that's eighty bucks right there. Mm-hmm. Then we only got paid one dollar for a B and two dollars <laughs> for an A. So over the course of what it was from there to like May.
1: Or so. uh, I don't even think it was that long. I think it was four or five months. Something like that. Yeah. Um, we raised how much money together? I think it was almost four hundred dollars, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. 404 or five, like that. That that's yeah.
0: significant for four kids who only get a dollar and two dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> at yeah. a time.
2: Well, A's and B's. We we uh,
0: we kind of finessed the system and really worked together in order to get that. Now it's a shame because. We were, I think our goal was like 500 or something like that. I forget. I don't remember what our goal was. But we were, we were like fairly close to it. And then our mom found out that we were saving money
1: and she took it all and spent it. First, uh, here's how it happened. She first asked, oh, where's all our money? Because, you know, we were trying to keep it nice and secret. It was supposed to be secret. Nobody know we were saving that money like that. So I think (laughs) she asked for a, a little bit so she can do some shopping. So she's like. Oh, you know, twenty bucks. Just give me a little bit. You don't have to be so stingy and don't you know, mm-hmm. trying to you know, you know, parents be like, just share a little share bit. Share, quote unquote. So she grabbed, I think it was like fifty dollars I wanna say, forty or fifty bucks oh, the first me. time. Yeah, so then we went down to like 360. Yeah. I was like, that hurt. That hurt. We were trying to get back. It's just a little bit. We can get right back up. We're going to get there right, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I think she uh, found it or something like that. She either found the envelope and took the rest, or she was just like, give me the money now, you know. Haitian moms. Oh, geez. Ain't nothing you can do. Oh my word. I don't remember if I actually handed her the envelope or if she just, she found, just it. found it. In my head, I feel like she just found it. That's my thought. Yeah. I thought she just found it and then, and then I wait, it was to gone. It, and yeah. it was gone, and I was like, And then we asked uh, her and she said she took it. That's what I, okay, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, so that was, was
1: heartbreaking. <laughs> it was so crushing.
0: But can you imagine, like, in, in fifth grade, how old are you? Like 10, 11? Yeah.
1: yeah. Like,
0: a 13, 11, 9, and 7 year old saving over the course of, like, four months, almost $400.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, that's insane. Yeah, that was that's, pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And even, I think that also kind of sets the stage for how we work together now. Even the way that we process together. You know, if we Even if we have separate
1: ideas, how we support each other and yeah. things like that. Definitely, we definitely get together a lot to, I don't know, try and get a goal done. We try and get together mm-hmm. and be like, hey, let's do this or section up parts and stuff like that. Even as we were growing up, certain chores like cleaning the house, we like always got together and made a plan and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. we, We I feel like the four of us really worked well. Get together, together getting plans done I agree
0: and it's not to say that we didn't fight like for sure we did oh yeah we had fights uh, oh, <laughs> yeah I think we actually touched <laughs> on that in the second episode how me and Fasty were fighting over the microwave
1: yeah I mean we had it wasn't even that long of a phase no but that's our only fighting phase that was our only fighting phase and I had one with Junior <laughs> hey Junior oh nah uh, <laughs> Junior had one with everybody Junior that's had great. one with oh, everybody.
0: Junior was picking fights man because he was the youngest one and we always made him do everything yep. so
1: hey go get me a, a fork
0: yeah hey go ask them longer. for this because they'll say yes to you (laughs) (laughs) we said in front of you but so we definitely had fights but i think we definitely were even when we were fighting and even if we were mad at each other or had a season where we're mad at each other we definitely more cooperative than i think possibly typical
1: siblings maybe i don't know i'd
2: agree with that (laughs) i don't know
1: yeah i don't know either but we're definitely siblings close let's see what have we ever planned anything else together as a group what you mean like money wise or just anything i mean we did do the sibling
0: trip we did like three trips oh huh? which ones so we went to the cruise we went to europe together oh, yeah okay
2: yeah, yeah, yeah the europe thing was kind of just all managed by all four all us. of
0: us that's really i mean yeah honestly Meeting the europe them. thing started as my, me and vasya's plan and then yeah. once you guys were on we did the whole thing yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah um and even going on to the bahamas cruise we all did together and I was in charge of getting people's payments and telling everybody when it was on time and setting mm-hmm. up all that. Yeah. Like we, we just naturally do that now. Like, I think that like, we do it more often than we think we do. It's just that because yeah. we do it so often. I it's can't normal. think of any example. Yeah, right. it's
2: kind of just normal. It's kind of a good thing that it feels so normal to us to like work together like that. Because yeah. I've been around other families, brothers, sisters, even even mother, mother, children. And mm, not the best.
0: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, even Vasti. when we think about our future plans and things that we do. No, that's true. <laughs> we always consider each other. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. We I always, always consider actually, each other. And actually, I mean, when we moved out, what was the first thing? We went to Greg. We are like, hey, man, let's, let's all go do together. This. Yeah, we true. always that's invite each other true. into whatever we're doing. That's very yeah, true.
0: And like, if you're in it, you're in it. If you're out, you're out. There's no hard feelings. But like, we always include each other in in,
1: plans and what we're doing. At least letting three you know so you can get on in on the ground floor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's another thing. That's this amazing. podcast, yeah, it was supposed it's a hundred percent your idea. You do the work, you do the editing, but you added us. Yeah, yeah. To exactly. Have
2: hope. That's what I'm saying. That's true. Well, they'll see. There's all <laughs> the. <what I'm> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and I think it also. I think this the idea of us working together kind of speaks into the weaknesses of the whole fire festival planning is that although ja rule and billy were working together and whatnot i think maybe and just from an outsider's perspective the actual collaboration where they invited ideas that are different than theirs was missing because like i don't think the way vasti thinks like she's very good with like actually planning things and writing them on paper and things like that i'm good with That's okay i have an idea let's
2: do it
1: <laughs> i literally start with i nothing. forget and i need to make a list All right yeah well, I,
2: the, and, the, analytical do you think that would be the word or
1: i don't even know if i i'm really that analytical but uh i think i am slightly logical but yeah there's some yeah. people that are really really logical. yeah but even so, I like, your strength is in that and
0: kind of, like, thinking through things.
1: Yeah. Organizing My strength is is coming with the, the idea
0: and actually, like, putting the action into it. Right. And so, like, if you want something to start, you'd probably want to come to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg's strength is in his charisma and in his uh,
1: 100% people skills.
2: I actually got scared about that. Greg, asking. you basically a Billy
1: in this situation, man. Yeah, you you better be a good Billy. You you. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm saying. What, <laughs> you basically can get people towards you, no problem. Mm-hmm. That's what
2: I'm saying. I was driving home, like, yo, that's really scary because I felt so much similarity to them. I'm like, mm-hmm. dang.
0: You can convince people of a lot of things, and yeah. I, I think we all. To a certain extent, have people skills, yeah. but I think you are definitely probably the top, the strongest. I say out of the four of us. Yeah, for
2: sure. Yeah, because I thought I'm like, there's there's nothing that would, in a different in a different in a different path. Luckily, you there's you guys around me, but in a different path, I could I'm only like ten steps away from this dude. For sure. Honestly, <laughs> for and sure. that scared the heck of me. I was like, okay, I, d- I want to make sure because. There's one thing I don't want to be is that dude. Yeah, Yeah.
1: hey, you said it, man. Yeah, you said it, man.
0: Now you know who your compasses are. You better come back and listen to us. I'm kind of glad. Uh, I was like. God, I'm too stubborn.
2: No, but it's serious. We got
1: it recorded, man. We coming back to this. I got it all locked. (laughs) Now it's not going anywhere. And I'm not
0: editing it out so the whole world knows. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, it's true. Like you, you being that way is a strength. But then us being the way that we are and balancing you out is a, a strength, too. Yeah. Me being annoyed at planning sometimes. Although, you know what's interesting? I like planning sometimes, but sometimes I'm just like, okay, let's stop talking about it and let's just do it.
1: Yeah.
0: That can be troublesome at times. And so I need Vasi who's going to be like, hold up, hold right. up, hold up. How are we doing this? Yeah. Instead of just, like, jumping in headfirst with no plan. Yeah, I mean...
1: You ain't gotta have everything planned. Yeah. I'll be up. But come on. Let's yes. get a little saw something right. down. Bro. I
0: feel you. Listen, I tell this story all the time. there's one time I needed a new monitor. My screen on my <laughs> laptop was broken. And I needed a new monitor. And I was just so done with it. I went into the, I think it was like Staples or something like that. You don't buy a monitor at Staples. <laughs> Anyways, I went into Staples. And the guy goes, Oh, what are you looking for? I'm like, Oh, a monitor. He's like, Oh, I looked at one that was in front of me. He's like, "Oh yeah, do you like that one?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "Oh, it's pretty good." He starts selling me on it. I go, I go. You can, you can you don't have to you don't have to sell it to me. I'm gonna buy it, whatever price it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Damn.
0: See, I I cannot. I hate it. I just I just don't want to deal with yeah. it. Just give me what I want. <laughs>
2: exactly. Dang. I'm here to
0: pay for it.
2: Don't, don't don't go negotiating cars now. Yeah,
0: I hate negotiating. When we were when we were in Bahamas and everybody was like, oh let's go negotiate something down. I'm like, no, I'm going on the boat. No, I'm sorry, I'm not buying anything. Oh really? I literally go from like one to two. Either I'm going to buy it and I if I really need it then I'm gonna buy it at whatever price or I'm not buying anything at all because I'm not negotiating with you right, right? Really. which is why I haven't bought a new car which is why I haven't were you the same in
2: Haiti where you know the locals
0: that's what she just said bro I
2: thought you said Bahamas
0: that was Bahamas in Haiti oh. I did it a little bit just because it was fun just because and... it was fun
2: yeah, it was but <laughs> <laughs> they want 50 five dollars <laughs> what you got <laughs>
0: And I think what it was Was everybody else Was having fun negotiating I was like Oh let me try it But I bought one thing And negotiated one thing And then after that Everyone's like Oh let's go down the road And see more I'm like nah I'm good
2: (laughs) I wanted to go back On a $5 bill And see how much I could get I'm like let's
0: do it Yeah Greg and Junior Kept coming back and forth And back and forth (laughs) And I'm like you guys really having this much fun? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I did it once and I feel satisfied.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, 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 we felt a challenge. You guys like, oh, no, nah, oh, no. We're going to jump back in that thing. <laughs> Whoa, jeez.
0: If you haven't seen the Fire Festival documentary, go see it. I watched, I chose to watch the Netflix one, not knowing this, but kind of glad. So, the Hulu one actually has an interview with Billy um, on it. Um, he did get paid for that interview, so... I eventually will watch it but I think there's definitely a different um uh, it's probably just a different perspective that the story's coming from Mm -hmm. and things like that um but then I also read on an article that Billy went to Netflix to ask for money for another interview and Netflix denied and I was like yeah that's right Netflix yeah yeah (laughs) so if you haven't seen it watch it I am not like there are so many like trending things on Netflix like that Balder Balderdash Balder Bandersnatch
1: that's what yeah, it is the Black mm-hmm. Mirror all burn, these scary things box and all that stuff you know yeah. you know you know that's dating this podcast now
0: okay whatever okay Fire Fire Media was dating this podcast <laughs> that's, that's true, <laughs> true. Yeah, that's
1: true though uh,
0: but yeah so there's all those things I mean go ahead and watch those but watch this one um, if you have time for it all right, so that's been another uh, Post Twenty Five Life podcast. Again, follow us on social media to keep up with us. More than anything, read the blog. Um, I always post some fun things, and I'll have a couple of fun things this week are coming up. Um, and then also, if you would like to follow us, I'm Sophie Delcine on Instagram, or you can follow Post Twenty Five Life on Instagram.
1: What's your handle? I'm Tales from Sabrielle on Instagram, and I am Mr. Gregarious on Instagram awesome all right we'll see you next time bye